Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to The Wind Down. And with me, I have... Scott. Hello, Scott. Now, before we start, where are we? What are we drinking? Yes. Hello, Nick. Well, being in Sydney, we're, of course, locked down again. We so are. it's wine lockdown. <laughs> wine down lockdown. And uh, another four weeks of lockdown. Appears. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> yes. So um, at least we've, we've done something different this week. We've got different wines. We so we've already we broken do. what it says on the intro, which says over a bottle of wine, because now it's actually over two bottles of wine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've, I've actually managed to pick up this nice little bottle of uh, Phil's Cell. It's a oh, Grant Burge Old Vine Shiraz from very, the Barossa. Very nice. And yeah. I, have, I have this one before you talk about yours. I have a, oh, let's get that in shot, a Tasmanian Ninth Island Pinot Noir from the, 2020. The Pinot, yeah. Yeah, so the um, this will be a bit darker in colour, I think, than what you've got there, being a, being uh, yep. an old vine Shiraz. So you get the old, very, the old, um, light. yeah, the old vines being producing less fruit and much more concentrated output, and um, generally they tend to survive most weather conditions because they've been around so long. They're fairly sturdy and that, and they produce a really good solid bread. There you go. So anyway. I've got a lighter red, but it's still it's still very nice. And, and we were looking earlier, and, and we worked out if if I with because of the green screen technology, if I hold the glass up, you can actually see my fingerprints in the glass. There we are. See my fingerprints in the glass there. That's you know, I thought that was just a police show thing. How about that? <laughs> well, they'll, they'll definitely catch me for that. So we're in lockdown. We're we're stuck in our various homes, but we're still working. What are we going to talk about today? We thought some of the things we've been doing recently around data were ended up being quite interesting. Um, and we, we, we had a chat about this and said, well, look, let's talk about where where is the data in an organisation? You may actually have data sources that you don't even know exist. Or yeah, you wouldn't have thought that you could use them for productive reasons. I think that's a really, really cool idea. And I've spent today doing a bunch of things as well. One of the things I was doing was working with the data from New South Wales Health. Um, which is a fascinating data set. So I've been looking at all the COVID cases and where they are, and they don't tell you who they are, of course, they're not anonymized, um, but you can see which local government area, you can see which health, a local health area, you can see how many cases per day. Um, and I was even using some machine learning to do a, um, a progression plot of where those cases will be over the next 90 days. So, okay, that's quite interesting. So here, and you... You can put your address in and see if you're going to have COVID. Well, you, 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 could, you could do that. Um, um, given that we've had three cases really close to us um, and the coffee shop we go to every day is, is now a um, you know, casual contact if you've been there. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff going on. So funnily enough, um, we, we go and get a coffee there every day, Linda and I. And um, on Saturday, which is when they had the case, um, I, I saw it come through this morning and I went, oh my goodness. Looked at it and realised in my Google Maps I hadn't been there on Saturday. And I went, oh, but I always go there. And then I realised I sent my daughter. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I even picked up Hey You, and yes, she was she was sent, but we think she was there just before the time. But there you go. Isn't that fun? There you go. Yes, indeed. So data. Mm, let's talk about it. 
Um, let's start. What is it? Where is it? How do you find it? Where is it in an organization? Let's just think of some places. Think of the databases. They hold data, don't they? Yes, they do. Every every application in use holds or refers to data one way or another. Yep. Otherwise, what's the purpose of the application? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, you've got your accounting system, so you've got your zero or your other whatever system up there. You've got a lot of financial data in there, and you can export that. You've also got your CRM or your ERP style systems, your, your, your applications that run the business. They would yep. generally run into a database somewhere. So you've got that sort of thing. You've got all your file data. It's a bit unstructured. I think that's um, that's really interesting to, to point out that every document that you store centrally, every spreadsheet you store centrally, mm -hmm. every text file you store centrally is a source of data, right? Hmm, that's right. And you just got to be able to get across it all. And now the, the the basics of this sort of stuff with things like you know the old search engine, for example, mm -hmm. when you can go and do. And I know that like being now from the Microsoft search side says, uh, if you put a search argument, um, argument, you're not just searching the internet. You can actually search all your internal data as well in Office three six five. Yeah. So that's that's a that's an interesting point. And I, I noticed that in Bing search. Not that I use Bing search very much. Sorry, Microsoft, but. In Bing, it now pulls together not just public data, but data out of your Office 365 environment. Mm. Which is, then there used to be se um, separate companies that wrote little search tools, and of course they're now essentially def defunct because these are standard features in Windows. But um, so if you pull all this data together, let's say you've, you've got all your financial data, you've got your business operations data, you've got your all your the stuff that you would generally hold in, in like OneDrive or perhaps in the old days on a file server. Um, you've got some databases sitting somewhere. The, the most common thing that I see out of all of that are people spending hours and hours of time, in some cases days and days of time, generating reports by going so, uh, to one uh, system. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will, you're absolutely right. And uh, you're, you, you just hit the nail on the head. Uh, let me use an example that we used in the accounting technology fireside chat, which was kind oh, of funny. Okay. Um, there was a, a well-known speaker got up on stage about five years ago in front of a bunch of accountants. And he said, do you know what the biggest productivity improvement for accountants has been in the last 20 years? And everybody went zero and other things. And he said, no, dual screens. <laughs> and the reason dual screens are such a productivity improvement is most people in an office spend half their life copying data from one application to another. There you go. Right. If you think about lots of companies and and and, and ones we know, they'll they'll have data in a a, you know, a a production system. They'll have data in an accounting system. They'll have data in a mm. report. They'll have data in a spreadsheet. But it's all done manually. In fact, I was talking to one of my team members this week, and and he came across a scenario where somebody had asked for a report out of the 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 business system and and he got that report as a spreadsheet and um, but he wanted to produce it as a word document so he would spend five weeks copying data out of this spreadsheet and formatting it into a word document until my team member went hold on we can spit a word document straight out the database let me show you right and, and a day later this thing that took this guy six weeks a year is taking him no time and it's all been automated so there you go there's an example and that's the thing. A lot of this, if, if what you are doing, and here's the, the key way to measure this, if all you are doing is going to one application, looking up some value, getting it, 
going to another application and getting some value and then even doing some work on those values or that bit of information and putting it on a document somewhere, that can be automated. Yes. It is not that hard to do. Actually, actually, I'd say, let me let me add some strength to your word. That must be automated. If you're if you're doing <laughs> that today, there's some things you should know about people. People make mistakes, <laughs> right? People mm. create errors. And, and so you start creating these errors that start expanding and growing and, and you wonder why your data gets worse over time. It's not because data degrades like a bad cheese, right? Data gets worse over time because humans are in there mucking it up. We want the computer to work with the data, right? That's got to be the magic trick. Now, I, I shouldn't say it's, 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 it's easy to do. There is a bit of effort involved. Um, but yes. it's, but it's, it's, not, it's not a complex thing anymore. Um, and look, I've seen some of the things that you've produced out of data, being you know, forward projections, machine learning, whack a bit of AI in there and come up with some random numbers that are actually better estimates at what this data means than stuff coming out of people that we talk to. Yeah, so that that's, that was an interesting, and the first first time I did this, actually, it was, it was way simpler than I made it seem. I made it seem really complex, but what I really did was I was sitting in Power BI with some time series data, and this was on sales of something, I think. And I then went, and I went, oh, I really would like to show a trend line. It's actually, the same thing happened to me today, but same result. And I went, I clicked on Pabby, I went, add a visualization. And it, it came up with this, you know, machine learning prediction visualization. I went, I'll have one of those. And, and I put it in and I gave it the data. And in like seconds, it had predicted the next six months worth of sales incredibly accurately. Um, so I did that with the COVID numbers today. That's depressing. <laughs> yeah, you might have seen me post that in Teams. I'm not going to tell, you know, I'm just not going to ruin everybody's day by saying what's what the machine learning algorithm says is going to happen. But um, yeah, yeah. Although, um, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I question some of these machine learning learning algorithms sometimes, but other times, being 99 percent of the time, they seem to be more accurate than what I think is going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, it doesn't. It, it, this, you know, prediction is really good when you have lots of data. And really, yes. in COVID, I, I was only giving it, you know, two months worth of data. So it's hard for it to predict. And machine learning can predict things that are predictable, but it can't predict random stuff. It can't predict horse races. It can't predict, well, it can to a degree. It can make you slightly better, but there's lots of things it can't do. So it's not the silver bullet people would have you believe, but it is, it is cool. Hmm. So, what do you need to do to take some of your data from various places and do something with it? And actually, what, what sort of tools are involved? Oh, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. First of all, you, you have to get your data in, in what we call a machine readable format. And machines can read all sorts of formats, but it's where the data has been. You know, they, I talk about data being touched by humans, and, and I see this all the time. You take a perfectly good spreadsheet, and in my mind, a perfectly good spreadsheet has rows and columns and no blank rows and no blank columns, and you don't color it, right? I know I know people get into doing that, but you don't because machines can't read the color. And it has no other columns with just commentary in it because machines can't read commentary. Mm. So you try and get as clean data as you can, right? Once you've got those... Um, you can actually, I, I just got a comment on the, on the, the stream from one of the guys watching in LinkedIn and he says, my background's awesome. Um, thank you, Naren. Appreciate it. Anyway, <laughs> move, moving on. Um, so you've got all this, 
you've got to get your data in a machine readable format. So it's the process is called ETL and it's really taking what you've got and turning it into something that you can use with something else. And simply enough, it's getting rid of blank lines. It's getting rid of colors. It's coming up with simple tables of data. That's the first thing you need to do. And you can do that with a bunch of tools. My favorite is Power BI. Hmm. Power BI not only will do that work for you, but it will remember the steps you took. So the next time you give it that raw data again, it will run those steps and it will come up with a beautifully formatted table of data. And look, a Power BI Pro license is about $20 a month, give or take. Yep, Maybe. something like that. Yeah, um, but you can, honestly, you can do all of this in Power BI desktop without connecting okay. it to anything for free. If you want to go mm. share it with people, that's Power BI Pro. But if you just want to do this stuff yourself, you can go online, go to powerbi.com, download the application, install it on your PC, and off you go. You're off and flying. Okay. Hmm. So there is also a concept of middleware. Yes. Middleware is um, generally that's like a, a this to that sort of thing, or a, mm -hmm. um, it's a bit of software where you can have the middleware talking to your first application, the middleware talking to your second application, and it does the translation between the two. So that if you put a name or an address in one app, it'll, yep. you tell the middleware about it, and it understands how to put it straight into the second app, and the apps may not necessarily understand how to talk to each other. Yep. This is also becoming fairly common again. It's getting a bit of a resurgence, I think. Yeah, so so there's a couple of things there. There's uh, Microsoft Power Automate, and and Power mm. Automate has kind of two halves to it. One half allows it to connect to data sources that it's been programmed to connect to, and there's hundreds of them. Um, but you do find sometimes that there's a legacy application that you just can't get to the data, or it's not supported to get to the data, and that's where it has something called um, 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 a robotic process automation, and that's where Power Automate can simulate being a human in front of a computer and read and write data to those legacy applications. So Power Automate is a type of middleware. It's that kind of thing that sits in the middle and actually you can then tell it to do things. So it comes with hundreds of templates and some of my favorites are, um, you know, uh, uh, tell your manager you're going to have a day off. So you get a button on your phone because Power Automate support that and you press the button and it tells your manager you're going to have a day off. It books your calendar and makes you unavailable. Right, and that's that's playing with a couple of systems. Not sure that's a productivity improvement process, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, so we, we we use it we use it a lot where you've got data in one place and I want to put it yeah. in another place, and Power Automate does that for us in in lots of different scenarios. It's really good at that. And this is this is the idea that it saves you retyping data from one system in, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be more accurate. Oh, yeah, it's going to be right. Um, people, and, and you'd be really surprised. I, I think lots of people think, oh, if I look at it by hand, I'm going to do a better job. And it's just not the case. If you can get the computer to do it, not only does it do it better, but boy, it does it faster. Um, and and I'll, I'll use an example. I was a, I used to be a treasurer for a football referees association and they, they were doing you know 600 games a weekend where everybody was getting like under 100 bucks each and we had to process that and make it work and i just wrote some some scripts to take the output from the football management system pass it all together and throw it into the accounting system and then people got paid from there um, the amount of errors we got rid of by writing some automation around it not only that it went from being something that used to take the last treasurer a day a week to being something that took me about 10 minutes 
Mm. And I didn't make mistakes because the computer did it. Um, so that's that kind of stuff is, is is really cool. I used to I used to have this rule um, for my team, which says if you do something once, cool. If you do it twice, you really should think about automating it. If you do it for the third time and you haven't automated it, you should immediately be fired. <laughs> I never enforced it, but it's probably. I, a bit I harsh, thought it was but... the. Um, I thought it was the other one. Was it to air is human to really stuff it up needs a computer. Yeah, <laughs> needs a human programming a computer to really stuff it up. But yeah, there you, there you go. It is interesting. <laughs> okay, so with now, what's going to happen here? People are going to go away. They're going to start investigating what to do with their data and how they can actually automate some of these manual tasks. Because but for most people, sitting down for a day a week or whatever, or a few days a month, manually going click 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 and getting data in and out is just that really dull sort of activity that everyone despises but has to do we're going to free up time so if you can save like a, a couple of days a month there's 10 percent of your working month back yeah so i think the first step is to go what are those tasks i do which are ripe for automation and a ripe for automation task is that repetitive stuff if you're copying data from one application to another um, there's one that's ripe for automation if you're doing something repetitively Right. So you're 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 doing things, multi, the same thing multiple times on different rows of data. Computers are brilliant at that. Um, those types of things are, are really the way to make things happen in your business and to automate things. And you'll find you can save hours and hours and hours of work. Hmm. I, I think one, one example, one example you showed me recently was the um, the, the, the person in a, in a company who had to do a monthly report for management. Um, and he was taking data which actually turned out all to come from one system but he had to take it from eight or nine different reports and hand merge it and copy paste mm. and do all those kind of things and we looked at it and went you know we, we can actually just produce all this data just by you know writing some stuff it's going to take a couple of days mm. and then that couple of days a month he spent building that report becomes no days a month because it just happens and that's the, that's the first stage automating the production of the report data the second stage then says, now let's put some smarts around the interpretation. If yep. you think once you've got your report, you go and start looking at things and going, well, this number is bigger than this number, and that means this. Great. Let's get that knowledge out of your head into a reporting engine somewhere where we can actually go and get it to manually or automatically check along the way and produce a bit of text underneath saying, hey, this number is bigger than this, therefore this condition was seen. And you can actually yeah, start to build on that. You can, and I think one of the things these tools allow you to do, especially as you've got a, an axis which is date, is start to look at trends. Right, so so it's all very well and good going, you know, how much stock have I got of this, or or how many of these widgets do I have? But looking at that trend over time allows you to predict, or could allow the machine to predict, the day you run out of a raw material, or the the, the week this goes wrong, or, or or I've now used this machine more heavily than I've used it before, so my maintenance date must come forward. And all of that's super easy to do with the standard tools you have, right? Get get into again, get into your Power BI, Power Automate to pull the data. It together from lots of different places and power bi oh. to start building those dashboards reports and views that's just it so what what industries would not have data my goodness i'm and i was trying to think because i knew that would come up and i was thinking my daughter works at a hairdressers but they have lots of data they have mm. all their clients they have what different haircuts they've had they have what type of hair what products they bought they've, they have lots of data um and I went and thought about, you know, a chef. 
but you have lots of data as a chef. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, that's actually a really hard problem is ordering the exactly right amount of ingredients because you're trying to predict how many people will come to your restaurant, right? That's, that's crazy hard, right? So they, and, and a lot of that's done by gut, but can be done better. I don't think, I really struggle to see an industry that doesn't have data. I would have said tradies, but then you look at all these tools out there that integrate with zero for tradies, which have data mm. and billing and finance and customers and those sorts of things. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Is there someone who doesn't have data? Oh, it, it, it's hard. I have been thinking about this a bit. And every time I come up with a, a potential answer to that, I think, well, technically you could, but really you're going to get left behind because the modern people in those industries are using data to their advantage. And that's, that's the whole thing. There's nothing that says that you don't have to use the computer, but it's going to give you that speed, that um, advantage and free up time. And that's time you can be spent building the business, being more productive, looking at other ways of use your data. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, that's the key thing. All this stuff about data is about freeing up time. But before we finish, securing your data like getting access ah. to it is awesome right and we, we, we all love that but securing your data is is super important as well we don't want this data leaking out some of the strategies for securing the data well we, we were talking about this before the what's the first place you'd look if you wanted to find data about an organization you'd search the internet to see if they've dumped something up in amazon in an s3 bucket and not put a password on it and that, it's surprising how often that happens. People using cloud-based services and not really understanding the security around them, saying, oh, I managed to get my data up there, I managed to produce my report, only finding that now the world can see your data and see your reports. Yeah, that's, but, that's yeah. quite interesting. There's a piece of, there's a, just a piece of history. I used to work for an organization that blocked LinkedIn. And I went, why have you blocked LinkedIn for your staff? And they said, well, when we're preparing bids, because they're a services company, um, our competitors can see who's in our company and what type of skills we have. So they know how to compete against our people before we've even put the bid in. So they're using public data against an organization to be competitive. So it's not just your own data, it's your data that's out there in, in you know, social media, it's your data that's out there on your website, it's reports you've written, it's spreadsheets you've done, it's open source software projects you've contributed to. There's data about your team and your organization everywhere. Mm, there is, and more than you probably like. <laughs> yes, quite commonly. Okay. Cool. So that's that. So you, I'm not, still not going to tell you my COVID prediction, but that was lots of fun today playing with the, the API from, from New South Wales Health. It's really, it's, they've done a really good job with some of that data. And I think, you know, if you're a business that actually relies on the government for, and, and most businesses do for something or other, the government is a vast treasure trove of data that you can access and use and, and pull in to making those solutions happen. It, it's really quite cool. I think my favourite data set, um, everybody in every business in New South Wales who's applied for and got one of those Service New South Wales QR codes um, is listed in a data set that you can query. Hmm. I actually like the, um, the ABS data around the census because it actually tells you how many businesses exist in what sort of broad areas, in what sort of categories, and you can slice and dice that. And if you're thinking about making an offering into a certain industry with a certain type of product in a certain um, geographical region, you can find out how many businesses are in there that are likely to be buying that. It's, it's interesting so, stuff. So if, so here we go. We're going we're gonna to do a data mashup here, which is kind of cool. 
If you then mix that um, with a set of reports from the ATO, which are the benchmarks for different industries, they give you three basically mm -hmm. balance sheets and profit and loss statements, benchmarking the high, mid and low of each of those SMB industries. So you know, everything from hairdressing to beauty salons to mm -hmm. accountants. And they tell you, on average, here's how they look from a profitability point of view. Here's how they look from this point of view and that point of view. You start pulling that together and you can actually work out your target customer set before you even step out of your door. That's great. Well, maybe not if you're doing taxes, I suppose, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there honestly there's a there's a you know the the trick here is yeah you know, if it, if I was starting this from scratch, um, I reckon the best way to start get out there to um, powerbi.com. They've actually got, you can download the tool for free. They've got some guided learning. Mm. You can learn how this gets together and go back into your organization and try and connect and pull some data and start putting it together and see what you can make happen. It sounds great. Cool. There we are. That was the wind down for another week in lockdown. Look at us go. Uh, wow. That's uh, more data for us to go for. It is, absolutely. That was awesome. Scott, thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. Been lovely. No worries at all. And for everybody watching live today, um, thank you. We, we we peaked at our most amount of live viewers ever. So that's, that's a, a huge result. I really appreciate it. Do I saw you holding your second hand up that account. Oh, that was great. <laughs> so rude. Um, do subscribe. Um, leave us a comment with things you'd like us to discuss, and we're, we're more than happy to. Um, we record this every Wednesday. It's available um, not only live on YouTube, LinkedIn, um, and ooh, Facebook as well, um, but also also, it's published in audio format um, on all your favorite podcast tools. So do, if you feel like it, grab the podcast and listen to our, our 40 or 50 different messages. And we even got a like. There we go. That's awesome. So, Scott, once again, thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. Have a lovely uh, day. And I hope everybody else has one too. You too. See you, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.